Welcome to the Dr. Donna Podcast, here on the Experience of the Soul podcast channel. Innovative, evidence-based recovery that helps to identify intergenerational trauma, allowing for freedom and embracement of the healing process. Today, episode 112, The Pursuit of Happiness. And now your host, Dr. Donna Bevanley. This is Dr. Donna. Welcome to my podcast. I have been talking about life on life's terms, and I'll probably just keep talking about that um, because it does seem to bring up issues for people. They say, well, what is that? And what do you mean by that? And, you know, one of one request that I had was um, the pursuit of happiness, like, um, Life on life's term. Does that mean that it's all bad, that it's difficult, that it's challenge? And I've said before that, you know, Scott Peck wrote in his book, On the Road Less Traveled, uh, that life is difficult. And life is difficult. We come into it in a difficult way. We're not like plunked down from a cloud we go through a birth canal and it is tough. It's tough on everybody. So, you know, we start out in a difficult way and it is difficult. Life is difficult. I've talked about it and talked about it and talked about it. So I did want to talk about happiness and joy because on the other side of that is happiness and joy. And sometimes happiness and joy is a result of that. Is that difficulty? All right. So I wanted to ta- also to bring it up in a way where I could talk about the pursuit of happiness because happiness is very different for everybody. So my idea of happiness and joy might be different than yours. However, the pursuit of happiness is included in our Declaration of Independence. And it was from uh, an essay by John Locke called The Pursuit of Happiness. And he talks about what that really means, the pursuit of happiness, and that happiness is not the same as pleasure. Do not equate those two things. Happiness does not equal pleasure. Now, it's true that when we pursue something that is pleasurable, we might have happiness in that moment or in that time, like with sex. Okay. But that's over with. All right. And most pleasure, even though it has an upside, It also has a downside. Most pleasure, when people are pursuing just pleasure or something that brings them pleasure, which is, like I said, it's time intensive and it has an end. So like maybe your idea of pleasure is having a couple of glasses of wine. Okay. If you have a a couple of glasses of wine, The downside of that might be that, well, 
now you fall over because you get up too fast and you, you know, you're drunk. Or you get pulled over on your way home and you go to jail for a DUI. Or you have a hangover the next day. Okay. People who have a desire to drink a lot of alcohol are going to experience those kinds of uh, consequences. Most pleasurable things have consequences. Now, if you are involved with something that brings you true happiness, and there is a, you know, he talks about this, true happiness is more of an internal experience. It comes from challenges in life. True happiness comes from challenges of, in life. So let's say you want to have a child. If any of you have ever been a parent and, you know, the pain, the extraordinary pain of going through birth, okay, for the parent, it's like, even if both parents are there, you know, one parent will be there, mother. But if both parents are there and they're going through, it's like sweating and screaming and, you know, the pain is extraordinary. Um, but if you've ever been in that room, as soon as that baby is born, the pain is gone. And there are tears of joy. And if you really want to be a parent and you really want to have children, okay, I'm not just saying, oh, so you have sex, so you have kids. No, I'm talking about parent is labor and time intensive, being a good parent. That's all there is to it. And you have to give up some of your own pleasures uh, in order to be a good parent. So, you know, it means that your life is going to change. And uh, so in that moment, though, the tears of that are happening went immediately from tears of pain and suffering to tears of joy in an instant. And that child will sometimes be, you know, pain in your butt, but will also be, could also be a source of joy. Now, they're not always going to be a source of joy because they're trying to grow up. They're trying to establish their own independence from you. And their entitlement is that they have their own pursuit of happiness. That is the you know, it's like you're not entitled to happiness. You're not entitled to joy. What you are entitled to is the pursuit, and that's in the Declaration of Independence. Now, that doesn't mean that I get everything I want. That is not it. Okay? Um, Locke's view, and he's the one that wrote it, so I'm I'm going to go with him. So the desire for happiness is a natural law that, you know, in his view, was implanted into us by God and motivates everything we do. So he was coming from a Christian perspective, and I think that's a good perspective. Um, happiness is synonymous with pleasure, and unhappiness is synonymous with pain. 
It's like we aren't happy when we're in pain. Although I will tell you that when you become a mature adult, and by that I mean you're acting your age and you understand that entitlement is a myth and that you work hard and you understand that education is part of your life and you keep getting smarter and you choose who you listen to and you choose whether or not you believe what they say, you make use of that good brain. Um, but, you know, anybody that has done this starts to understand that even with pain, there's growth. And growth is happiness. Okay? Because, and when I talk about growth, I mean that you understand even deeper. You understand even more. All right? Uh, we have to distinguish between false pleasure, which promise immediate gratification, uh, but produce long-term pain, from true pleasures, which are intense and lasting. So, like I said, giving birth to a child is intense. It's over, the pain is over, but the joy is long-lasting. Getting drunk, immediate pleasure, and long-lasting pain. Okay, so if you are drunk and you get a DUI, you go to jail, you think you're going to be a police officer, you think you're going to go into law, you think you're going to, I mean, that thing follows you around. Has long-lasting impact. If you don't get a DUI, you don't have to deal with that at all. Now, here's where I think that, you know, in the Declaration of Independence, is that this is kind of a basic tenet, is that the pursuit of happiness is the foundation of individual liberty. Since it gives us the ability to make decisions that are in our long-term best interest, okay? It gives us the ability to make decisions that are in our long-term best interest. So I might, now, you know, I'm, if I piss people off, okay, well, then if I piss you off, you probably need to think about what I'm saying. Um, let's say, okay, I've got time now. I talked about that last time. I've got time on my hands. And so I want to travel, but I want to go by car. So I go and buy myself a great big gas-eating, carbon-producing vehicle that I can drive and drive and drive and drive. And, you know, it's like that might be something that I think is great. But it has, it's not in the long-term best interest of the planet. It's So it's not in the long-term best interest of the people that are still here when I'm gone. And so even though, you know, I have individual liberty to make that decision, that's the point. It gives me the ability to make the decision about what is in the best interest, the long-term best interest of not just me, 
of everyone. And so, you know, there is a diversity of ideas about what happiness is. And, you know, what ha- what happiness is for is the individual is based on our own experience of pleasure and pain. So, you know, I know people who want to have five or six kids because they found out that, you know, having kids around was joyful and, you know, happy. The long-term interest would be that each of those children require time, attention, and energy from parents. And sometimes that works out. But a lot of times it means that, okay, well, we're not getting fed enough or we're not getting enough nutrition because there's too many mouths to feed. Or, you know, we're not giving them an education. Or, you know, it's like the fact is, is that what person can give time, you know, 24 hour time, attention and energy to six children. They're all standing there. Mommy, 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 daddy, daddy, daddy. It's kind of hard. You know, I guess if you can hire people to take care of the basics, then you can, you know, spend all your time giving all of them time, attention and energy and, you know, actually have a, an, you know, a woman that married a nephew of mine, she does that. They have like eight kids and her whole life is that. And she does a great job. Those kids are happy and joyful and, uh, you know, their needs are met. Some other things might not, you know, she's not a great housekeeper. Okay, well, well, how are you going to do that if you are doing the time, attention, and energy? But you know, thinking about what's the long-term best interest, that's a that's a unique situation. Most of the time, people have to, you know, it's like if you got eight kids, you got to have two people working at least. Um, so, you know, he talks about that people bet on, you know, the life of having thinking through things and having a moral compass, which means that sometimes you're not going to be pursuing all those pleasures, okay, and being more hedonistic and, you know, pursuing just hedonistic pleasure. And which one, which way are we going to go? And where is, you know, where is the entitlement there? Okay, the entitlement is that we have the pursuit. We are given the entitlement because we're human beings of the pursuit of happiness. It motivates us to get up every day. It motivates us to pair up. It motivates us to have children. It motivates us to go to work. Not, you know, it's like some people have happiness and joy in their work, like I was able to do. But guess what? In order to do that, it required that I went to school for, let me see now, I used to know this. 
at least 24 years of school. And I had to really put my nose to the grindstone because nobody was paying for me to go to school. Um, I had to pay, you know, pay for myself to go to school. And I did it the way we all, pretty much most of us did it when I was in school. We had school loans. We worked jobs. That's how we did it. And, you know, that it's like, well, yes. And so our education, at least my education, means everything to me. I did that myself. Nobody gave it to me. That was what I determined was going to give me the best opportunity to pursue the things that gave me joy and pleasure in my life. It wasn't, I never, ever thought for a minute that just because I was me in my position in life, whatever, but just because I was me, that somehow I was entitled to that. The entitlement is the pursuit. It is not what you think is going to be, you know, that you're entitled to whatever you think your happiness and joy is. That's not an entitlement. No one ever said it was. If you're a Christian, I've never, you know, because I've read the Bible. Grew up Mormon for crying out loud. King James Version never mentioned ever that that was a good thing. Hedonistic pleasure for pleasure's sake was a good thing. I didn't see it. Okay. Didn't read it. And there was never, you know, the promises were based on moral integrity and making choices that were just, were, weren't just for my joy and happiness. It was for the, the best in the best interest of human beings and humankind. Now, you know, I, th I think that's in most basic <laughs> books in religion, Christianity. I'm not as familiar with the Torah, with the Torah, or you know, what's the Islam one, Islamic, the Quran. There's always this idea that in order to pursue, you know, that not, you know, it's like in order to pursue. God-given right, okay? We can pursue that, but we have to have a moral compass, and we have to be educated so that we can make good decisions. And I'm not saying you need a PhD to make good decisions. I'm saying you get educated. You read books that are written by people that actually know what they're talking about, okay? That you read books they're not just, you know, five-page self-help. Because if you get that in five pages, it just means that live a moral life <laughs> and, you know, make good decisions. And, you know, it's like, okay, well, that's basic. And it doesn't mean that you have to be perfect at it. But if you want to make good decisions so that that pursuit that's a God-given right, is in our Declaration of Independence, that that pursuit has fruit for you in your life, 
You have to really know what you're doing. And I say no because it's not something that you have inherent ability to do. You know, we're blank slate when we're, when we're, uh, born and everything we think, everything we become is based on our education and life experience. And like I said, it's not about, you know, getting a PhD. But it's useful if you can learn how to read, if you can learn how to, you know, understand math concepts. It's useful if you have even a basic education. It means that you know how to read. And hopefully you can discern between, you know, this is just, you know, a novel. It's not real. <laughs> or this is just somebody's opinion. Some of it might be real. Like if you read my book, Iron Legacy, you might read that and say, oh, well, you know, this makes sense to me. Because that's what most people have said to me. It's like, oh, this makes a lot of sense. I can't believe that you had to write a book about it. <laughs> it is common sense. All right. Which is, you know, another philosopher, another time. But um, it is common sense. And it's alarming to me that more people don't have that common sense. Because that common sense comes from education and life experience. And for me, to be able to, to kind of step outside of whatever I was doing or whatever I was in and look at it from more, a more objective perspective. And even at my young age, you know, whatever ages I was, I, I was able to at least look at that and say, something's wrong with that, which motivated me to become more educated. That means that I read books that actually were factual. Now, some of those facts have changed a little bit, like psychology books. Okay, some some of that maybe is dated a little bit, but overall it is not. Now, most of the information that you read in psychology today, I'm not talking about the magazine, I'm talking about the textbooks that you read all basically say, in as many words as they can put, all right, childhood trauma causes mental illness. <laughs> and it causes people to be impaired in their ability to make good decisions in their life. Okay? They don't have and they don't get taught how to use their God-given right to pursue happiness. And they might even have a really bizarre idea about what that is. If they've had trauma, it's happened. Okay? Then it's like, okay, well, if it happened to me and I still want to make good decisions so that I can, the long-term consequences of my experience here on life will be positive, not just for me, but for others and for people who come after me, 
then I might want to say, I probably ought to get my brain on straight or seek help or read books that actually have something to give you and that have where the authors have some integrity or they have, you know, they have an education of their own that they are able to give to you. Not in a manipulative way. You know, not to make you think what they think. That's not an education. It's manipulation. And so you want to look who's doing, who's, who's writing this. And, you know, one of the really good things about the internet is that you can look at that author and go online to see who is this person. Are they really educated enough to be telling me this? Or are they trying to manipulate me into giving them money or giving them my brain or giving them my allegiance or my loyalty? If that's what's happening, that's not a good education for you to make good decisions about how you're going to utilize that wonderful gift of pursuit. Okay? If you get nothing more out of this, understand this. You are not entitled to happiness. You are entitled to the pursuit of happiness. And if you're a child, you're entitled to live without fear. Okay? And I mean the kind of fear that children have when they're in an unsafe environment. And if you've read any of my books or listened to any of the other podcasts, you know what I'm talking about. I don't need to go into it again. So, I am doing this. I don't talk about things that I don't do. And I want you to know that I really, really sincerely hope that in your pursuit of happiness, that you find joy and peace. And that when you leave this earth, that you will have left it in a better way. Thank you for listening to the Dr. Donna podcast here on the Experience of the Soul podcast channel. This channel is made possible because of listeners just like you. If you would like to support the channel with your tax-deductible contribution on an ongoing basis or through a one-time gift, head over to experienceofthesoul.com support. The Dr. Donna Podcast is copyright 2023, Dr. Donna Bevanley, all rights reserved. Our theme music is composed by Dave Croft and used with permission. The Experience of the Soul Podcast Channel is a production of 818 Studios.